The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hey, 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 everybody! Welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening. You're welcome to Bold Statements, Not-So-Bold Predictions, where we've got receipts. I'm your host, Keith Cork, along with our resident Boston Celtics stand and my co-host, Trey Hill. And uh, we're excited, man. On BSPP, we place wagers on NBA game outcomes, player props, futures, and anything really that strikes our fancy, guys. We try to stick to real-life odds makers like MyBookie, Bets on, Bet Online, and uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. And of course, at any one point, any one of us knuckleheads can call a dreaded BS on the other person if we strongly disagree, and we'll come up with a gentleman's bet on the spot. And that's when we make our own odds, uh, Trey and I do, which is pretty much just one-to-one plus 100 odds every time. But uh, Trey's starting at a level of 100 cred points, as well as me, because we haven't had a season yet. It hasn't started yet. We're waiting, man. It's We're patiently waiting. It's coming upon us, but we're both at that starting level. We're going to start the, the show here with our betters or more segment. Where we're just going to recap our bets. Obviously, like I said, nothing's been resolved, but we did have a few bets in our last episode. I'd like to recap here and uh, kind of one I'm a little excited about here with my buddy Trey, a BS bet between he and I on Otto Porter Jr. I have over 35 games played in the season and he has the under 35 games played. He thinks he's going to have some injury issues. Uh, or, or have struggled to crack the rotation, maybe probably more so the injury issues. But um, I think he'll he'll be okay and he'll be solid for him. So I'm, I'm excited to see where that one goes. And I actually put a, a bet down also on Utah over 52.5 wins. I just think that they're going to have a similar season to last season, barring any major injuries. And I'm pretty confident they're going to go over that 53 wins. So I really liked the Jazz pick because it ties in with my betting one of their two six men end up getting that award. So. I like the Jazz over, and it ties in with my, one of my future bets. So at least on that one, we're kind of united. Yeah, we, yeah we're going to agree sometimes on the show, and we're going to disagree some other times. I mean, you know, it, it's just the nature of it, and uh, we're entitled to our opinions, just like everybody is. But um, before we get started here, we're going to be getting, uh, we're going to be heading on to the long ball, which is NBA futures betting. And I wanted to give a plug here, meaning our odds from my bookie, which is it's simply the best sports book out there. Um, I like that I can always get a hold of their customer service, uh, Trey, via chat, day or night. And, guys, right now, if you sign up and enter the promo code HOOPBALL, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, you get your first deposit match halfway up to your first $1,000. So that means if you put in $1,000, you get an extra $500. We're talking about the long ball, which is futures betting here. That free money is perfect to put down put down on some of these future bets that we're going to be talking about, which we're going to go over today. Uh, coach of the year, some coach of the year candidates, as well as our 2021-22 NBA defensive player of the year. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about coach of the year here, Trey. Uh, looking at these odds a little bit, you said you had somebody that you kind of liked here. So I'm going to let you take the lead because you feel maybe a little bit more strongly than I do about this stuff. Who do you got? Who do you like for coach of the year? Actually, before we start with that, let me go ahead and give you guys the top six guys here. Uh, they've got Steve Court plus 800, Steve Nash at plus 900. Uh, Billy Donovan at plus 1,200. Uh, Spolstro is also at plus 1,200. Frank Vogel at plus 1,400. And then Monty Williams over there with the Suns at plus 1,400. You got one of those guys or somebody else? I It's not one of those guys. You already hinted at it earlier in the pod, okay. actually, when you called me uh, Boston, a Boston <laughs> Celtics homer. 
because boy. <laughs> I see I see Adoka 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 yeah. down there at plus eighteen hundred. And if I'm right, and the Celtics have a comeback 50-win season, the narrative that will surround that, I think, might be enough to carry him to a, a coach of the year victory. So I'm going. I like it enough that I'm going to place a unit on it. Wow. Okay. Because and, uh, I, I I like the long shots, and I'm I'm big into narratives. I'm I'm buying in on the Celtics this year, and that that's that's one of the teams I'm rolling with. Yeah, no, it's uh, it makes sense, and, and I think your answer pretty much ties in also with my answer, um, which you know, if you guys are thinking about this, uh, you know, you really have to have have some reasoning here. So yeah, your your reasoning there is that you think the Celtics are going to have at you said a forty nine win season, but then you upped it to fifty because on my side I said that the Hawks are going to have a fifty win season. I think that's kind of a bold statement on my side, um, but I think it's possible for them. And so I, I'm I'm eyeing Nate McMillan there at six plus sixteen hundred, which is very similar to your bet. Uh, I'm not as confident in putting uh, in it as to put down a unit. Uh, I think a big reason for that is just because I've got so many units out there on futures bets. I don't want to have everything tied up all season. So I'm going to I'm going to have a little bit of a, you know, stopping myself here and, and a little bit of a you know composure. I'm not going to go ahead and put that bet down. But I, I understand that Adoka bet. I think it's a good one. Plus 1800. Some good odds for you. And um, it's definitely possible. Like you said, if Tatum really has that next step. I think a lot of it has to do with the players on their teams and, and uh, you know, them having better seasons than before. Uh, and if the public perception is that the coach helped them get there, that helps a lot. So Adoka does make sense there. Any other guys you like besides him? Billy Donovan at plus 1200 seems like a fun bet, especially if you're confident that the Bulls are going to have a winning record. Chicago is such a big market. It's been a, a team that's been starving for success. So any success there at all is going to be amplified that much more. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't, nobody stands out to me as anyone like, I don't, I don't believe in the Pacers being successful, especially with TJ Warren's news coming out that he's probably not going to miss most of the year. So other than that, those two, uh, those are, those are the ones I came in with that I liked. I do. I do also like Donovan, and I'm, I'm going to also refrain from putting a bet down there. Um, just to kind of recap, uh, Thibodeau won the Coach of the Year award last year with actually the lowest win percentage in ever. I think I, I don't. I can't sort this by by win percentage. I, I'm not seeing one that's lower than him. But he had a 56.9% win percentage with the Knicks, um, which if you were to uh, adjust that to an 82 game schedule, it would have been 47 wins. So I don't think the Bulls are going to reach 47 wins. I think I've got them slot in for 45 or something like that. So I just I couldn't necessarily go to Donovan. Um, before Thibodeau, there was the second lowest one um, was actually 57.3%, uh, and that was Sam Mitchell, our guy over there on uh, SiriusXM Radio. Now that's what he's doing now. But uh, he was at the Toronto Raptors in 2006-2007, and he had a 57-ish percent win percentage. So. Uh, you know, I, I just don't see that uh, the Bulls winning that many games. I think they could. I really do think they could. I think you actually have them slotted in for that many, if I'm correct, or am I misremembering there? <laughs> I have them at 47, okay. I believe. So he would be exactly at that line where uh, where Thibodeau won with the lowest percentage ever, I think, for the Coach of the Year award. So uh, actually, there is no, there is one that's lower. Frank Layden over there in 1983-84, he had a 54.9%. Um, and there's a couple of actually lower ones also earlier than that. But I mean, we don't really have to go back to the 80s. It's a different different game now than it was in the 80s. But um, so, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to go with Diamond. The one guy that, that is actually my favorite on this list, 
Uh, and it's partially part, partially it's my favorite because of the odds is Nick Nurse at plus 2,500. Uh, I think you and I were both kind of bullish on the Toronto Raptors. We think that they're going to have a rebound season, a better season than, than last year. Um, but again, are they going to win 47 games? I don't think I have them slotted in for that. I have them slotted in um, – not 47. It's what do I have? Four, 39. So definitely not anywhere close to 47. So don't have. I'm not as high on it enough that I'm going to put a unit on it. But could they win 47 games? I think they have the talent. Honestly, um, what do you think? Nick Nurse plus 2500. Good call. Bad call. That that's a really good call, especially if you like the Raptors. And mm. it would be fun to root for throughout the year. And he already has the reputation of being one of the top coaches in mm-hmm. in the sport. So given the season that they had last year, how low they fell, the the rise he could have could just be so high mm-hmm. that it could be hard to deny him, even if they end up with, say, 43 wins. Mm-hmm. But if if all of the players are you know coming out with all these glowing reviews and there's no other real standout candidate, it w- I could easily see it going to Nick Nurse. Yeah, it's it's just a compelling it's a compelling bet. Like I said, if you have a free play out there um, that you want to throw on something, that might be something to consider. Uh, is any one of those names that we mentioned there? But um, Nick, the one thing going against that Nick Nurse call is that he would have had, had then won it uh, two out of three years. And the only other coach that's done that in the last thirty years or so is Greg Popovich in 2011-12 and 2013-14. Um, most, you know, there, there's a couple of coaches on here that have won multiple awards. Like Thibodeau, obviously, he won two, uh, but they're about ten years apart for those two. Uh, Hubie Brown actually is one guy I saw on this list, 2003-2004, uh, and he won his first one in the 80s. Um, it was like 80 something like that. No, it was actually maybe the 70s. Anyways, what I'm saying is that there was a lot of years in between those wins. So typically, you're those saying coaches, Hubie Brown is old. Hubie Brown is old as dirt, and we love him. Uh, he's one of my favorite announcers. I don't know if you love him as much as I do, but I, I'm, I'm – Oh, he's, he's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's I think great. I think universally everyone in the NBA community loves that guy. He's like a, he's like a national treasure. But uh, anyways, cool. So those are some good names. Uh, let's move on to our defensive player of the year selections. And uh, I'm going to let you go first on this one also. Who do you like for the defensive player of the year? If you listen to the first ta- the first part of the Western Conference podcast, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it on there. Clint Capella at plus four thousand, mm. I think I think is a steal. He mm. he he his number his numbers, especially um, when you look at like percentages around the rim when he's on and off the court, they were right there with Rudy Gobert's numbers. And if Gobert has a down season, I. I can easily see Clint Capella dominating on defense for the Atlanta Hawks, especially if they have as good of a season as you think they're going to. Mm -hmm. And him just being that lockdown linchpin that brings everything together like Gobert is in Utah. And if he could put up, you know, two and a half blocks, 14 rebounds, and is just, and he leads the league in uh, rim percentage against. I could easily see Clint Capella getting defensive player of the year. And at plus 4,000, it's good enough that, this is going to be my last preseason bet, but I'm going to put a unit on Clint Capella at plus 4,000 to win I, defensive player of the year. I am so tempted to follow you on that. I want to tell you on that one. I, I love that call. I absolutely love that call. He is such a defensive anchor for the Hawks. That's his, his his main role. I mean, that's why they have him on the floor at all times. That's why they were so successful. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be tied into whether or not they have a good season or not. 
because um, if they if they end up winning, you know, only 40 games or something like that, I don't think there's a, any chance in heck that uh, Clint Capella wins Defensive Player of the Year. But if they end up getting close to that 50 mark, then I'm, then I'm hoping they will. Um, then yeah, I, I think at plus four thousand, that's a, that's a great bet. Uh, so scratch all that before about the coach of the year stuff, guys. Put your free plays on Capella. <laughs> go go get it. <laughs> plus four thousand. Those are fantastic odds. You're, you're gonna get a lot of money uh, as a return there. So uh, yeah, I love that. I'm like looking at some of these other names. The top. Um, I'll do all the top six guys again. They've got Rudy Gobert at plus three hundred. Uh, ben Simmons at plus four hundred. Giannis at plus seven fifty. Um, Anthony Davis at plus eight hundred. Joel Embiid at plus 900 and Draymond Green at plus 1200. Uh, I don't really see, I mean, I could see, obviously, I could see Giannis or, or Gobert winning. They've won before. Um, you know, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise you, wouldn't shock me at all. It's just not sexy enough odds that I'm going to go there for something that's pretty much a long shot bet. Um, you're not getting enough return on that, so I, I would steer clear. But uh, Rudy Gobert did win it two out of the last three years, 2018, 19, and 2020, 20, 2020, 2021. And then Giannis won it in the in the in between year 2019-20. Uh, actually, Gobert's won three out of the last four years. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm selling them short there. Uh, and Draymond Green did win it in 2016-17. I just think he's he's too old. I don't think he's gonna. Um, I think he's still a good player and still very good on both sides of the floor. I just don't think he's as elite as he used to be. Um, that's just my opinion. So, um, but yeah, I think I'm gonna ride. I'm not gonna ride with you on the Clint Capella just because I have too many too many bets out there. And I have another bet I'm eyeing this this um, uh, show, but I love that call. It's an awesome call, man. Uh, all right, let's head on over to our wins, loss, overs and unders, and our team reviews. And you're going to be using we're going to be using points bet for these over under lines. We'll be reviewing them in order of their win totals according to points bet. And we're going to finish up the bottom eight teams in the Western Conference today, guys. We went over the top seven uh, in our last episode, so we're just going to finish them out. First up on the docket, we've got the Portland Trailblazers, which are projected to be eighth in the win totals at 44.5 total wins. What do you think, Trey? I have Portland. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have Portland under at 43 wins. I I really liked the Nance addition. I think that it was uh, a step in the right direction for a team that recognizes that both of their guards are not elite playmakers. So adding playmaking throughout the lineup elsewhere is only going to help their their offense overall. But I, it's Portland. I. I'm probably selling them short. It seems like I do every year. They come out and they're, you know, they're a four seed or a five seed. But I just, I just think this is the year where it settles. Do they end up trading Dame or not? I, I'm not sure. I've, I've got the under. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. good. It, and one thing, if Dame stays, then the over is in play. But the second they trade Dame, I think the under is almost a lock. Right. Yeah, and, and we don't want that, obviously, as Bulls fans, because we want them to fall out of the lottery so we can get that draft pick from them. But uh, it is possible. It's a, it's a big storyline to watch. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, Dame's not exactly thrilled with the uh, moves they made in the offseason. They added Chauncey Billups as their coach, uh, you know, replaced Terry Stotts, which, I, you know, I don't really understand that. Terry Stotts, I think, is a very decent coach. I don't really understand why, you know, I don't think anyone on that team was necessarily upset with Stotts. Um, I think he's been underwhelming in the postseason so maybe that's why and they think chauncey billups can come in and, and change that um with not really any track record to, to really speak of but uh, billups is regarded as a, as a 
you know, nice basketball mind. So maybe there's something there. You never know. Um, but I, I don't know. It's, it just seems kind of risky to me. Larry Nance Jr., like you said, I do enjoy, I do like that ad. Um, they added Ben McLemore. They added Cody Zeller, Tony Snell. Um, and they lost uh, Derek Jones Jr. in that trade to the Chicago Bulls. They lost Rondé Hollis Jefferson, uh, which didn't really play a lot for him last season. They lost Carmelo Anthony. Uh, and I know Melo's been around on different podcasts talking about how they didn't even really make an attempt to, to retain him, which is kind of surprising. Um, but and, and you know what? What's really what really uh, surprises me is that they went and they got Cody Zeller, and they got rid of Ennis Cantor. I thought Ennis Cantor was fantastic for them last season, especially on the rebounding and scoring side. I mean, that, that's that's what he does. He he gets boards and he scores. I mean, he's not going to play a ton of defense, but uh, that doesn't really matter. I mean, is Cody Zeller really going to change anything for them? What do you think? Is that a better center for them than Ennis Cantor? I, I mean, obviously they've got. I, Nurkic, I don't. But. Right. I don't. I don't think that Enos Cantor is a factor come playoff time. Do you? Mm. I, I need to establish this first. That that's a good. Uh, no, that's a good analysis. Probably not. I don't think Enos Cantor so, really moves the needle that much. So in that vein, I think that having Cody Zeller as the backup to Nurkic. Who, if Nurkic gets injured again, who having uh, the same similar player player type being able to come in, mm-hmm. I like the I do like the fit better with Zeller. He, he's he's a bigger body than Cantor. He he's that you know that low post defense is solid. He's uh his playmaking is underrated. He he's actually a pretty decent. He doesn't make flashy passes, but he makes the right reads from the post. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not like a ball stopper. I, I like the fit for Zeller. I liked Cantor there too. I like what he offers as being just a rebounding genius mm. and his ability to score on anyone. But thinking about it in terms of being worried about Nurkic's health and just kind of being able to keep the keep Dame and McCollum and everybody else rolling in the, the same way, being able to put Zeller in there, I think benefits them a little bit more. I just don't know. I don't know. Was it? I mean, did they struggle against the against centers last season? I don't know if that's necessarily something that that gave them troubles. I'm I'm trying to look up. Um, you know, did what, they struggle what was, against what? I'm sorry. Against centers last season. I don't know if that was necessarily something they were trying to address. I don't. I mean, I just don't think. I don't think they did a lot this off season to make themselves better. Uh, I think that's. Pretty oh, nice. I I don't think they did either, and I I don't think they really struggled against centers. But just Enos Canner when he's on offense, I feel like when he gets the ball, it kind of stops. Because he is so good at scoring, but if you have if you have a, a center that's that plays the same way as Nurkic, it just kind of keeps the same flow going. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've got the over on them. I don't I don't feel super confident about that. I, I'm not putting any units there. I do I do have 46 uh, as opposed to 44.5, which is the over under there. Um, I just trust, think it, trust in Dame. Yeah, I just think if you got Dame Lillard on the team. Uh, you know, he's good enough to get you 42, 43 wins. And I, I think the rest of the pieces on the team, uh, assuming CJ McCollum is, is healthy and, and good to go, um, they're good enough to get him the extra three or four wins to get him, get him a little over. But uh, but I'm not super confident about it. So don't blame me for, for going on the under there at all. Um, all right, let's talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. They're next. They are uh, ninth on the list here. And points bet has them at 41.5 wins. Uh, over or under there? What do you like? I've got the over. I've got them at 43 wins also. I'm high on the Grizzlies. I I like Steven Adams coming 
to Memphis. I hated them losing Valanciunas. I thought he was their most consistently yeah. like great player. But I this is a bet on Ja Morant taking another leap and a big, big bet on Jaron Jackson Jr. Mm. I I think that he's kind of being slept on a little bit because he's been injured. He, ha- he hasn't gotten to show like what he can do with his potential. And I think this is the year that he gets to come out and put it together and people remember why he was so highly regarded in his draft. Yeah, if there's any fantasy players out there listening, man, this guy was uh, – Jared Jackson Jr. was going like third round uh, before he was injured uh, with people just, just crazy high on his upside. Um, that, I was one of those people, so I, you know, I got burned by it, but uh, he's still – the upside's still there, uh, and we saw a little bit of that when he came back from the injury. Um, I'm, I'm really high on that guy. I think he's really good, but uh, yeah, that, that JV loss really kills me. Um, I do have them on the over. I have them exactly 43 as well. So we're, we're right. We're right in lockstep on this one. Um, they did add Steven Adams. They added Zaire Williams. They added Chris Dunn uh, and Daniel Oturu. And they lost uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, they lost Justice Winslow and Grayson Allen. So uh, I, I do think that JV loss is, is huge. J, uh, JV led the team in win shares last year at 7.8. The second on their team was Kyle Anderson at 5.6. So um, you know, I think you can read too much into these stats, but I think that is a, something that, you know, I'd be looking at is just who's going to fill that void for, for Jonas Valanciunas. I'm not really high on Steven Adams. I think he's pretty overrated. Um, I don't think his defense is as good as people give him credit for sometimes. Um, you know, I think he's a big body and he's fine. He's pretty average in my opinion, opinion but, you know, he wasn't great on, on the defense end of the floor last year. It was his first year under one blocks per game in, in um, one block per game in seven seasons. So uh, didn't have a great season last season. Um, you know, he was dealing with a few nagging injuries, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly. But uh, I just don't think I don't think replacing Jonas Valanciunas with Stephen Adams is something that's a plus in my mind. What about you? Oh, I, I agree that it's definitely not a plus to be replacing Valanciunas with Adams. But I do like the screens that Adams is going to be able to yeah. do for John Morant. He yeah. set he sets some really solid screens, and he's only 28 years old. He's younger than people think, just because he's been in the league so long. So even though he did have some nagging injuries last year, I'm I'm hopeful that he can bounce back a little bit. And again, even if it's just coming in and setting those hard ass screens and giving mm-hmm. Ja Morant that second of separation for him to capitalize on, that should be all Morant needs, especially when he has Jaron Jackson Jr. to throw lobs to. That is something I didn't take. Yeah, that's something I didn't take into consideration. There is a set out there um, that's something like points scored off of screen set. Um, I can't remember exactly what the set is called, but if I recall, screen, I think it's screen assist. Yeah, screen assist. That might be what it is. But if I recall correctly, Stephen Adams was in the top like five or ten uh, with that a uh, couple seasons ago. So um, yeah, he does set good screens, and that is something that you can't really see from a box score. So it's a it's a good point. Um, one thing I do want to point out before we move on is they do have 20 guaranteed crowd tracks right now. So they do have to cut some players. And I'm actually going to uh, highlight one of our hoop ballers over there as uh, Isaac Simpson. He's at Isaac underscore rivals on Twitter. That's at I-S-A-A-C underscore R-I-V-A-L-S on Isaac rivals. Uh, he says they have 20 players and the candidates for, for who's going to get cut are Arturo, um, Merrill, Edwards and Carson Edwards and, and Chris Dunn. So um, probably you're going to cut cut three of those guys, he thinks. And then um, they have a two-way, I think, open is what he's saying. So 
uh, I don't know, something to keep an eye on. I don't think all those guys are going to stay on the team. Um, they definitely have to cut some of them. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. I wonder if they've even done doing moves this offseason. I don't know. They um, also got uh, Marcus Soul back, obviously, so he could retire as a Grizzly, but that was more symbolic than anything uh, anyways. So, uh, okay, well, moving on, let's let's head over to the New Orleans Pelicans, which are 10th on uh, points bets, bets list of total wins. And they have them at 39.5 wins. What do you think, Trey? Over or under there? I have the under. I'm mm. I'm just not sold on their their point guard's ability to run the offense. I love what Zion brings. And I also love what Ingram can do. But for both of them to, to coexist together, you have to have uh, a dominant point guard in terms of running the team I feel like and I just I don't I don't see it coming together for New Orleans this year I'm just low on them and I've got them I've only got them at 34 wins I have them comfortably under Mm -hmm. I just I'm I'm just not I'm just not buying it this year yeah that's quite a bit I mean 39.5 you have them at 34 I have them at 38 I have them under as well Uh, I'm not as low on them I think Zion's a, a freaking beast and if he can you know, straighten out some of his um, shooting issues and, and things like that, then, uh, you know, he can really, I don't want to say he's going to be in the MVP conversation this year, but he can take another step with his game. He, he can get there. He can yeah, be, he's, it's he's, not, it's not, it's not absurd for you to suggest that Zion Williamson could be one of the top five MVP candidates this year. Yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good projection. They're top five. That's probably. I don't think he's going to be in the top top. I think you know as long as Jokic and and Steph Curry are still in the league and, and playing at the level they're playing at, I, I'm still going to take those guys over him. I don't think he reaches that level. Um, to be honest with you guys, I'm sorry, sorry Pelicans fans, but uh, yeah, top five in, in MVP votes, sure, I could see him doing that absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think that they're going to be super great this season. Their adjusted record last season for 82 wins would have been. Uh, put them at about 35 wins. Um, they got rid of Stan Van Gundy, and they added Willie Green as a coach. Uh, I think that's going to be a plus for them. This was a team that was, um, if I'm remembering correctly, their top seven or eight in pace in the league a couple seasons ago. And then last year, Stan Van had them uh, kind of slowing it down a bit, which didn't really help um, Ingram and, and Zion Williamson, I don't think. I think that they're better probably in transition, getting the ball out, because uh, Zion can obviously put the ball on the floor, so can Brandon Ingram. So... Uh, I think that's going to help them to pick up that pace a little bit. Um, they did add uh, Jonas Valanciunas. They added Devontae Graham, uh, Tomas Sadoransky, uh, Trey Murphy, Garrett Temple. And they lost Lonzo Ball, Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, James Johnson, Wesa Wundu, uh, and some other guys. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, as far as offseason moves go, um, I do like JV. I like adding Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas to, this, to the squad. Um, I, I'm a big JV fan. I think, you know, he doesn't need to get more than 25 minutes on the floor to really impact a game, especially on the offensive end. Um, the Grizzlies, if you guys watched them in the, in the playoffs last season, they really relied a lot on JV in that mid post to, you know, just, or just cutting to the basket off of the screen and roll to score. So I think he's a very gifted offensive player. I just don't think that he's going to bring the things to the table that are going to be great next to Zion. Cause Zion also needs that room to operate. And they occupy the same space on the offensive side. So I, I just don't see the fit there. Do you see a fit there with JV and, and Zion? Not not a great fit. And, again, that comes with – I don't know who their – who's going to be their starting point guard? 
Who, like who, who's running the offense when it's when it's the half court offense? Uh, yeah, I don't. It's Devontae Graham's there now. Uh, Tomas Sanaransky's there. I like Kira Lewis. I, I do like him a lot, and I think that they're pretty high on him too, from my understanding in New Orleans. But um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't see, know I, those three. <laughs> I I haven't watched enough Kira Lewis to know if he to know what kind of to know what kind of point guard he is. But Sadoransky in Chicago, he was fine as a backup. But when we needed, when the Bulls needed a point guard to come in and stabilize the offense, because Kobe White showed that he could, he wasn't a starting caliber point guard like that. Sadoransky didn't come in and do any better. So, to me, that's my big concern. I love Valanciunas. I love Zion, and they're going to punish people down low, especially on the offensive boards. But who who's the who's leading the orchestra here? And I I don't I don't have confidence in who's leading the orchestra. Yeah, I think it's going to be an open competition. I, I really do. So it's going to be um, curious to see who wins that. Um, losing Lonzo was big for them. I think um, he was a pretty good facilitator. I'm, I'm excited to have him on my bulls, obviously. So it's going to be a big hole for them to fill. Uh, and I'm not very high on them. So uh, I think we're in agreement there. But um, and, and Zion, man, I mean, I don't know if he's even going to end up end his career in New Orleans. I think, you know, we saw what happened to Chris Paul. We saw what happened to Anthony Davis in, in New Orleans. I think Zion might end up forcing his way out at some point too. But uh, Willie Green, I, I'm excited to see what he does with them. He was the assistant coach for the 2017 uh, NBA champion, Golden State Warriors. And then he was hired by the Fink Suns as an assistant in 2019. We all know what they did. So um, I think he's got some, some chops there. He's got a little bit of a resume as far as an assistant coach goes. Does the assistant coach to head coach uh, transition work for everybody? No, it does not. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. But uh, I think Stan Van Gundy last year was a disaster for them. So uh, if you want to take the over there, I think that that's a good point is uh, knowing that Stan Van SVG is out of there. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving on, let's go ahead to number 11 on point, uh, points bets list. And that's the Sacramento Kings, the Kangs. At 35.5 total wins. What do you think, Trey? You like that line over under? What do you got? I've got them at 31 wins and the under. It's not, again, it's the Western Conference. It's insanely deep. I like what this, what Sacramento has built there. I like Fox. I like Heald, Halliburton. Holmes is, is a great small ball five for how the... Sorry about that. Oh, no Holmes, Holmes is a great small ball five who for today's game and even having Harrison Barnes there as the veteran who's been who's been on, you know, some some teams that played with some stakes. I just I don't have confidence in them to win 36 games. I have them for 31 and I know that's a little low. I I'd thought about moving it up to like 33 or 34, but I'm not going to move it all the way up to 36, even if I do move it up. I think 35 and a half is just too high for a team that is on the cusp of being ready, but I don't think they're ready yet. And in a, such a deep Western conference, it's really hard to make that climb before you're ready. I'm on the, opposite. On the over. I've got 38. So um, I'm not confident enough in that to throw a unit on it. I think they, they were an inconsistent team last season, and there, there's no doubt about that. They had, um, you know, looking at their, their record, it was, um, you know, six out of eight wins in a row. And then there was, you know, a, a section where they would go four out of five losses. And it's just like, you know, up and down. Their biggest struggle was on the defensive side. There's no question about that. 30th in defensive rating. 
Um, they added Davion Mitchell. They added Tristan Thompson. They added Alex Lynn. Alex Lynn is a, just a throw. He, he, it doesn't matter. You can add him. Into, he's not going to play a whole ton, I don't think, with Rashawn Holmes and Tristan Thompson there. Uh, but I do like I do like TT. I like Tristan Thompson. I like Davion Mitchell to help them on defense. I'm really high on Davion Mitchell, which I think plays a lot into my overcall here. Um, Davion Mitchell, if you guys weren't following the Summer League, he won the co-MVP. It says Summer League, again, grain of salt. You never know how it's going to translate to the NBA season. But he did average 10.8 points, 1.4 rebounds, and 5.8 assists in Summer League. And he shot 42. I like Go oh, go ahead. Finish your finish. No, I was going to say he shot 42.3% from the field. And, and more importantly, he shot 47.1% from three-pointers. What were you going to say? Go ahead. When it comes to summer league, I like to say it doesn't it doesn't tell you anything about their ceiling, but it tells you a lot about their floor. Mm-hmm. And Mitchell showed that every all of the scouts who praised how great he was just going to come in and be you could just plug in, plug him in and play, and he's an NBA player right now. They were one hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. And if he continues to progress like he has, he's going to prove me and a lot of other people wrong about him in the draft. So. I think you're right. I think Mitchell is if if they do hit the over, I think it's going to be because he comes in and can contribute. I love their I mean, I love their backcourt. I love um Darren Fox, I think, is constantly slept on. I think he's a really great player. Um does he have some, you know, efficiency issues sometimes and turn the ball over too much? He did, but he's gotten better every season and I think next season he's gonna get even better. So um, still a young player, still kind of figuring it out, but um, man, he he looks really really good sometimes. Um, just inconsistent, just like the rest of the team. But uh, like you said, Rashawn Holmes is great. Um, but I love that backcourt. I love uh, Halliburton and I love uh, uh, Davion Mitchell also. And I think they're going to go with some three guard lineups, which I'm excited to see. I think Davion Mitchell can can guard some of the small forwards in the league. I think he's got that size. So does Halliburton. So um, I think they're going to go with some some three guard lineups. I think it's exciting. I think there's a lot of confusion with Kings fans and, and the NBA in general because they were like, oh, you've got Fox and Halliburton. Why are you drafting a guard? But you know their their defensive struggles were on the perimeter. It was there was no doubt about it. I'm not gonna say I've watched a lot of Kings games, but I've, I follow a lot of Kings people on Twitter, and um, that's really what what they are all about. Is like you know our, our perimeter defense is just trash. So they really addressed that with Davion Mitchell, and and part of taking that taking that guy so high in the draft really leads me to believe that they think that they have something now, and they're gonna try to win now and try to make the playoffs now. So that's what that's part of what rolled into. I rolled all that into my overcall here, um, but I'm not super, super high on them. I don't think they're even going to win the make the playoffs. I have them 12th on my list, <laughs> so big ouch. Uh, but they're going to try, so I think they're going to they're going to go all out, and I think they'll hit the over here at at, uh, at that low number of 35.5. So, um, but anyways, moving on, let's go to uh, number 12 on our list. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves at 34.5 total wins. What do you think, Trey? I'm way over. Uh-huh. I love Minnesota. I, I I watched a lot of them last year because I really liked McDaniel's, mm-hmm. and I I think Carl Anthony Towns might be one of the most underrated players in the league with just how unbelievably talented that guy is on offense. And Anthony Edwards, he was a rookie last year. He came into Georgia into college raw and. Then he comes into the NBA with no training camp, no practices. It takes him a little while to get his footing. But over the last few months of the season, he was averaging over 23 points a game. And he was he was taking over games on offense down the stretch. I really believe in Anthony Edwards taking another leap. 
And I'm just I'm insanely high on Minnesota. I have them at 42 wins on the year. I think I think they're going to be above 500 and I am all in on Minnesota. Wow, you're even more bold than I am. I have them at 39 wins, but yeah, healthily, I'm I'm confident enough that they're going to go over 34.5 that I'm I'm laying a unit, even though I've got all those uh, futures bets out there. So I'm laying it's at minus 108. I'm laying 1.08 units to win one unit. Uh, yeah, I'm super high I was, as well. Man, I was really hoping you were going under because I was going to – I was I had my BS ready to go. Yeah. Oh, I was ready. No, no, no. I, I am high in them. Yeah, I mean, even Carl Anthony Towns healthy all season. He's got a great rapport with, with D'Angelo Russell. They went 13-12, 13-11, something like that with, with both of them in the lineup. You got Malik Beasley. He's he's in the clear with all of his legal troubles. He's finally got a clear head. You got Jaden McDaniels with another year under his belt. I, this is, this is, if I were to, if I only could bet one of these over underlines, this is probably the one out of bet. So I'm the, I'm the most confident in this one. Um, I think they're going to go over. I'm, I'm pretty bullish on Minnesota as well. You're more bullish on them uh, than me on them. Obviously you got them in the forties, but uh, yeah, just to kind of reiterate, I mean, you know, Carl Anthony Towns before he, he went down uh, and was injured in 2019-20 at the time, he was the only player in the league averaging at least 20 points, 10 rebounds and four assists per game while shooting 50% from the field and 40% from deep. This guy, he was in you know early MVP talks that season. Like this guy is, you forget, people forget, you know, just because and he's been injured I, and he dealt with COVID. I think, I think he's the second best big man passer behind Jokic. Mm. He's a lot. He's a lot of fun to watch, and it's unfortunate that he plays for Minnesota. <laughs> Go ahead. He, I, I will. He will on on a regular basis post up on like the extended post, so like uh, almost on the baseline, but just up a little bit, just so he can draw the double team and whip a pass to the opposite corner because he knows that's where the help is coming from. So he's making almost a cross court pass, just like almost like a hook shot, only sideways. And his his vision's great. His ability to to know what the defense is going to do and then to punish them for it. He's, he's just, he's so good. And I think he's just so underrated. And I'm so happy that you're, that you're in step with me on this one. Yeah. yeah I think, uh, you know, guys go out there and put that unit on the, on the Timberwolves. I think 34.5 is just egregiously low. I think that's, that's probably the, the worst one I've seen on here uh, in my opinion. So um, I think it's a good one uh, to go bet on. And um, you know, if you guys do like our calls, if you do agree with us, Go get access to them all season long, guys. Right now, the HoopBall 360 subscription is just $19.99 a month, which is an absolute steal. The HoopBall 360 Pass is the ultimate HoopBall experience for the fan that wants to win at everything. And yeah, guys, I mean everything. The HoopBall 360 subscription includes our Fantasy Pass, our Wager Pass, and our DFS Pass. So go visit hoop-ball.com. That's hoop-ball.com and get started and get winning. You can get all of our calls. You can get all the other calls of all the other great cappers over at um, over at Hoopball. Man, they, they've got a lot of good ones. But yeah, this 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 Wolves line, I think, is probably the one I'm most bullish on. So go snag that right now. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on. Let's go to the San Antonio Spurs, and they are here at number 13 on points uh, points bets list at 28.5 wins. Spurs, man. Now, what do, what do you think about that trade? I think the Spurs are a very intelligent organization, and I think it's under. I think this is the year that the Spurs tank because every other team has loaded up, really in both conferences for the most part. Every team is trying to win, or they want to see. They've built their young core. All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call I'm, Okay, go ahead. I'm going to let you finish, though. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> oh, but with every team, 
looking to win or looking to see what they have to prove. The Spurs have a great core except for a center position, except for the center position. Four of the next five top prospects in this upcoming draft are, are big men, 6'10 or bigger, who play like big men. I think the Spurs see that. They see what they're missing with their core, and they're going to use this year to develop their young guys. Oh man, I, oh man, I, I disagree. I disagree. And uh, obviously, I called the um, I called the gentleman's bet here. So we'll we'll go ahead and put a gentleman's bet. It's pretty straightforward. I'm gonna, I'm going to take the over here on uh, the Spurs at 28.5, and you'll take the under. Sound good to you? Yeah, you you did say the twenty the 25 and a half. Just I take the under, you take the over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, well, it's 28 and a half. Yeah, 28 and a half. Yeah. Um, So I've got the over there. I've got them actually at 35 wins. So I think they're going to go healthily over. You are high on them. Yeah, I think I think you're sleeping on Yaka Purtle. Yaka Purtle. Yeah. However, however is his name? It's 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 kind of a strange one. But yeah, Yaka, I think, you know, he's only 25. Um, I mean, is he going to be like uh, an all star? No, it's not going to happen. But I think he's a very solid center. Um, I think that they've got some pieces there. Uh, I think my biggest. Um, thing with them is that you know DeMar DeRozan they were still six and five in games without DeMar DeRozan they've got a lot of skill besides him they, um, they lost Patty Mills they lost DeMar DeRozan they lost Rudy Gay they lost a lot of the old squad the old man squad there they lost Trey Lyles also and, and Gorgie Jang um, they get they added Josh Primo which I'm pretty high on long term I don't know if he's going to be great this season um, I think he's going to be an excellent scoring guard at some point in his career uh, I think Lonnie Walker you can say the same thing about him and he's going to step into a bigger role also uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth. I've always been high on him, so I'm hoping that he proves some people proves to some people that he's you know I don't know if he's I don't know if I would say he's better than Colin Sexton, who I think is a, kind of a similar player, but um, I think he's probably he's going to be more efficient than than a Sexton, you know, but not necessarily have the volume or or the or the, the flashing numbers of a Sexton. Uh, they added Doug McDermott, which I really they added Thaddeus Young. I mean, we both we both love Thaddeus Young. We saw what we did in Chicago last year. Um, I don't know if they're going to keep him. If they do, I like I love my under more, obviously. Um, but if they do move him, then uh, I still think that they have some pretty good pieces there. They added Zach Collins, Alfred Camino, and Bryn Forbes. So uh, I don't think that they really lost anything in the offseason, even though they lost Demar Derozan. And I, I love Demar Derozan. I think that you know the way that the Spurs share the basketball. I just don't think it's something that's going to affect them. I think they were for an adjusted record last season. Uh, they're on pace to win about 38 wins if it would have been an 82 game season. Um, so 28.5 just fe- just feels really low to me. Um, it's not, I'm not as confident as a, in this as I am with the uh, Timberwolves, but at the same time, I, I could see them winning in the mid 30 games. So, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to take the opposite sides here. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the Spurs? <laughs> no, no, they don't. They have the infrastructure to, to punch above their weight class when it comes to winning games. I'm just betting I'm just betting that this is the year that they they look towards the future and they they want to give Becky Hammond the t- the team on a silver platter with with just all of this unlimited potential. Yeah, it's a that's one thing I do have marked down here is you know Craig Greg Popovich is is uh, 72 years old. So how much longer does he have as the head coach of the Spurs? It's it, we don't know. It's going to be a sad day when he retires cuz I think uh, it's another guy universally across the league that that pretty much everybody likes. Um, and obviously Becky Hammond is, is pretty much poised to take over for him at some point. It's just a matter of when's that going to happen. Probably not this year. 
um, next year. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's curious to see, but, um, but yeah, their biggest losses were, were Patty Mills and Rudy Gay. And those guys were eighth and ninth on the team in minutes played respectively. So, um, you know, again, this, I don't think they lost a whole ton. They lost to Marta Rosen, which is a big loss. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's enough loss, uh, enough of a loss to knock them down from a 38 win pace to a 28 win pace. So that's 10 games. I, I just don't see it. So, uh, we'll see. We've got our gentleman's bet there. So we'll, we'll see at the end of the year. <laughs> uh, okay. Moving on to the Houston Rockets, which to, uh, points bet has at 27.5 wins. What are your thoughts on the Houston Rockets, Trey? You there, Trey? Yeah, sorry about that. I, oh, I love what the Houston Rockets were able to do in the draft this year. I have them over. I have them at 30 wins. I I was really, I'm just really confident in their ability to come out and to fight and to scrap for wins. I like how the team comes is built kind of together. I think Wood is a decent passer. I think Shingun is a great passer from the post, and he's really going to help with the playmaking that. Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green might not be able to provide in terms of, you know, elite playmaking from the guard positions. And I'm, I'm just really high on the Rockets this year. I've got them at 30 wins and I've got the over. All right. Get your get your BS ready. I've got them under. I've got them at 17 wins. Ooh, <laughs> so, seven. yeah, I've got them way low. I Here's the thing. I, I you know, John Wall. Drama aside, we can talk about that in a little bit. John Wall, obviously, it's it's come out now that he's not going to play for them. Not you think your you think your your rookie of the year is coming from a seventeen win team? <laughs> you can call you you can call another BS on me there because you could very well call another BS on me there. I suppose that is that is a a, a bold statement <laughs> for sure. Uh, no, yeah, I, I do I do think it's going to be a, a rough season for the Rockets. I don't know if they're going to win necessarily seventeen. It, it, they might they'll probably be higher than seventeen, but I think they're going to be lower than the over under here. Um, and, and the reason I think that is just because, uh, you know, I think Sagoon's going to be good when he steps in. I think Jalen Green's going to struggle with some of his efficiency, uh, at least to start the year. I think he'll, he'll get stronger as the year goes on. Uh, Usman Garuba is another guy they, they drafted, and I think that he's going to be good long-term. Um, but I just don't think he's going to be good to start the season. I don't think he's going to be good even at all this season. Uh, Daniel Tice they added, which uh, I like Daniel Tice, but uh, if, what are they expecting out of him? I'm just not sure. They lost Kelly O, Kelly Olenek, which was one of their best scorers last season, one of their best offensive players. Uh, lost Sterling Brown, last, lost Cam, Cam Reynolds, which is, doesn't really matter. But, um, I mean, it's a young team. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of question marks here. Uh, I guess I suppose they could go over. I'm just I'm not very high on them. I don't think they're going to do super well. I think that Jalen Green's going to put up flashy numbers, at, which is why I have him for the rookie of the year. But I've also got him under 20 points per game, which is pretty stupid. So I'm going to lose one of those probably. Uh, but <laughs> you're ahead. you're you're not too far off because I have them at 30 wins, which is only which is they have to win 28 to hit the over. That's only two games higher than that. And I feel like I'm extremely high on the Rockets in doing so. So taking the under, I don't think is a bad bet. I think Tice is going to come in and replace do for them what Olenek did. He's the he's the big who can stretch the floor consistently from all around the all around the three point line. And I think Garuba will be a plus on defense this year. I think he'll be an average defensive player this year, but you're right. In terms of offensive production, I don't think he's going to offer a lot. But 
He's I, probably going to have a similar season to um, what's his name in Cleveland last year, Isaac Okoro. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's a great comparison. But again, I I don't like it nearly enough to put to put a uh, unit on it. And I make I feel extremely high on them, and they still that's still barely over the over. So I don't fault you at all for being on the under. No BS call from me on that one. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. I mean, I, you could have called BS on my 17 wins. That's a little low, I feel like, but I had to make it work math-wise, so that's why I put them there. Um, but yeah, we can move on. Let's go ahead and go to the Oklahoma City Thunder, which are the last place team, according to points bet, at 22.5 total wins. What do you think, Trey? Is that an over they, under that? They are the last place team for Trey also. I have them under... <laughs> I have them. I have them slotted at 20 wins. Again, that was to make to make the math kind of work, just to make sure we. I was close mm-hmm. enough to the 41. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't like. I I like what they're building, but they're building for the long term, and they know that. I don't see them trying to win more than 20 games this year, which I think that might frustrate SGA, considering I think he is a a star level player already, and. He's just been held back from the supporting cast he has. And it, it's almost there. I think it's just another year or two away. And they're not they're not looking to win. They they've shown they've shown no interest in winning right now to me. Is there anything they've done that makes you want to take the over? Is there anything where are you at with the Oklahoma City Thunder? I do have I do have them over. I do have them over. And the reason I have them over is because when they had all their guys in and they were trying to win to start the season last year. Uh, they were winning too much to the point that they had to sit people like, you know, Lugans Dort and, uh, and SGA, obviously. I don't know how – obviously he was hurt, but I don't know how bad he was hurt. I think it was more so just holding him out because they didn't want to win. Um, so I think that they're going to start strong, actually, because I think that they were uh, – if I recall, I didn't do the research on this, I should have, but I think they were close to 500 uh, through their first 30 or so games. And at that point, that's when they kind of just engage the tank. <laughs> so that's why, you know, I'm not going to bet either way on this because there's always that potential that they're just like, hey, we want to tank because, look, they've got in the 2022 uh, NBA draft, they've got the Clippers first, the Suns first, the Pistons first, and their own second. In the 2023 draft, they've got their own first, Clippers first, Nuggets first, Heat first, Wizards first, Wizards second, and the Mavericks Heat second. Uh, I think best of those two. Uh, so they've got just – and they've got more, obviously, beyond that. But they've got so many draft picks that you can't help but think that they're probably invested in making the most of those draft picks and not really um, trying to win basketball games this season. I don't think that they're really interested in that. They did add Derek Favors. I I, I, I don't know about that. I'm not sure what that, what's going to go on with that one. They added Josh Giddy, uh, which I know people are really high on. They added Trey Mann. Uh, added Jer- Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who I'm actually kind of high on long term. Um, but again, is it something that any of those guys are going to you know, knock our socks off this year? I don't think so. Uh, they lost Horford. They lost Tony Bradley. They lost Moses Brown. And they lost um, Savi. Uh, I might even attempt the last names. Mihilok. <laughs> Obviously, that last name. Uh, so I think that, you know, they, they're going to I think they're really invested in tanking. So I can't put a unit on it. But I actually think that they're an actually pretty decent team when they have all their guys on there on the floor and they hustle and they play hard, um, which is really all you need to ask of these guys. Um, I think it's Colts that they're trying to build over there. I think it's something that's maybe uh, still kind of a layover effect from having Chris Paul there. Uh, I mean, these guys, I did actually end up watching quite a few Oklahoma city thunder games to start the season. I'm really high in Alexi Pokashevsky. Um, so I'm hoping he takes another step this season. Um, obviously, like you said, SGA, I think he's really good already. 
Um, I'd love to see him play a full season. I hope they let him do that. And if they do, I think my, my over here is safe. Um, but yeah, I mean, the tank is real. So what do you think? Are they going to tank? Or are they going to actually try to win some basketball games? I think you already said that, but. Um, oh yeah. I think the tank is on. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of that is teams saw when they changed the lottery odds to be more even and it doesn't, you don't really benefit from finishing first other than you have, you know, you have a spot. If you don't hit in the lottery, you're slotted first. Mm-hmm. But the top, the top, what, three or four, I think the top three spots all have the same percentage at the number one pick. So the team saw what the lottery did jumbling up and making tanking not quite as enticing. And this draft isn't being hyped like the last one was, mm-hmm. along with, I there's not a lot of teams that are going to be tanking. That's why, one of the reasons I think the Spurs try and take advantage of it. And I think I think the Thunder are going to see it. And you said last year, they were almost 500, which that that that's what I recall. Also, mm. I don't I don't think I think the same the same thing happens this year. If they start out and they're they're doing well, they're just going to start sitting guys because they don't they don't want to finish in the in the tenth spot and have a playing game, or they don't want to finish in the twelfth spot and have a two percent chance in the lottery. Well, they, let me tell you that because in 2022 they don't have their own pick, so I don't know if it really matters if they take. That's the thing. They've got the Clippers pick, the Suns pick, and the Pistons pick in next year's draft. So, oh, um, they gave up their pick this year. I didn't. Know yeah, that. so they did. So, That's, so I don't. I think that there's less incentive even for them to take. So I think they still probably. Well, I, I guess there's no incentive, so why would they take, right? So yeah, that's a good, unless, that's a good point. <laughs> unless it's unless it's protected. Uh, yeah, it could be. I'm just reading, obviously. Um, I'm getting this information from Sports Illustrated. Um, they don't necessarily. They do have some. Um, they do have some protections on some of the picks that they're conveying to themselves, but I don't know about their picks going out. That's not necessarily in here. So, um, so yeah, we'll have to do a little bit more digging on there. Um, I'm actually trying to look here. In yeah, the no, it's 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 first round protected and top top 16 in 2021, 2022, top 18 then top 13, then 11. So it, it, then top 11, top nine, and then a second. So it, it's got protections on it. So, but I don't, I don't see them finishing outside the top. I don't see them finishing in the playoffs. So I'm actually it, looking, they were 10 and 11 through the first 21 games. So yeah, basically right. about 500 with, with a, that was before SGA went down uh, with his first, uh, Injury, maybe? Question mark. I don't know if he actually had an injury or if they just pulled him out. But uh, then he sat four games after that. Um, but yeah, they, they started out basically 500. So um, they're actually, I think, an okay basketball team when they have all their guys on the floor. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that that's it. That's oof, we we got through all of our team previews, all of our win predictions. Pretty solid stuff, man. We hope you enjoyed this episode of BSPP. Uh, we're just getting started here, guys, and I think we'll have our first guest on here pretty soon, Trey. What do you think? I think that sounds good. I'm tired of listening to you talk. <laughs> I do talk too much, man. I know. It's, it's, it's an unfortunate thing. No, we'll get it, some that, other people. It's not, it's not fun to pick on you when you pick on yourself right after. Then I just look <laughs> like a bully, man. Oh, man. I know. I, I, I need people to like me. I need. I, need, I, I crave that. No, no, we'll get some other voices in here, some other people that we respect and, and like. And, and uh, obviously, like I said, we're just getting started. So uh, we're going to have some pretty cool guys on here. Uh, but it's going to be someone we're both excited about. Tons of great hoop ballers. Um, they're ready to just get in here and start playing BSVP with us. But guys, before you click ahead to that next episode or that previous episode to check us out or even, you know, whatever we need to do, we need one thing from you guys. Leave us a review. Wherever you're listening, we need your input to help make our show better. So just 
Take 90 seconds, guys. Leave a review. Help us reach more ears. That's it. <laughs> I'm Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at BSBPKeith. And Trey, why don't you tell the good people where they can find you, man? On Twitter at Final Finally. And don't forget, guys, follow the show's Twitter page at, at BSPP underscore NBA. At BSPP underscore NBA. And don't sleep on our picks, guys. Get out there. Start winning. Have a good one. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.